We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Are you ready for the word? Praising. This is Pastor Pearson of Word of Faith Christian Center here in sunny San Antonio, Texas. A Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church where Jesus Christ is Lord and you'll never be bored. I want to welcome all of you back to our radio broadcast that I pray is being a blessing to you and yours. So sit back and relax as I bring a message from the Word of God just for you. But please, please, please have an ear to hear what the Lord is about to say. Because if you do, I guarantee that you'll be blessed today. So, without further ado, let me bring today's message to you. It's called Pathways to Increase Intimacy with God. God strongly desires to have an intimate relationship with His children. Proof of that is, is that that's one of the reasons why He sent Jesus to Calvary's tree, to pay sins dead in full for you and me, to make that opportunity available to you and me. But unfortunately, although that opportunity is there, most Christians don't seem to even care. They don't even seem to try to look forward to having a and enjoying an intimate relationship with God. If they do, I don't think they know how to. There are actually proven pathways that we can take to increase the intimacy of our relationship with God. Each and every one of us who are the children of God needs to know what those pathways are so that we can have and enjoy increased intimacy with God like He wants us to do, so that we can benefit even more than we already do from the relationship that we have with the God that loves me and you. So, without further ado, let me share today's message with you. It's called Pathways to Increase Intimacy with God. But before I do, I got a question to ask you. Are you ready for the word? Because ready or not, here it comes. Let me read that, out, that, verse, that, that stands out of the Bible in basic English. It reads, stands on number 92. It says, if your law had not been my delight, my troubles would have put an end to me. My troubles would have put an end to me because they were wearing you down, breaking you down. You couldn't even turn around, couldn't push them back, couldn't stop them. You, you knew you were supposed to do something, but you couldn't do nothing. Found yourself weak. But he says, but if your law had not been my delight, my troubles would have put an end to me. But thank God our troubles did not put an end to us because God did tell us what to do. God did tell us what not to do. God did tell us, and we did what he told us to do. That's why we delight in his law. That's why we delight. That's why we're forever thankful about him and his law. We'll never forget what it is he did and what he showed us. Jesus, I'll never forget what you've done for me. Jesus, I'll never forget how you set me free. Jesus, I'll never forget how you brought me out. Jesus, I'll never forget. No, never. Never. Never forget. Hallelujah. Never forget. That's why stanza number 93 says, I will never forget thy precepts, for with them thou hast quickened me. That word forget right there means to mislay them, to mislay them. That is to be oblivious of. That's whether it's from want of memory or attention. 
I will not miss lamb. I won't lay it down no place and forget about it. Uh, you know, uh, you know, we lay our keys down. Where my keys? I ain't find my keys. Okay, you know, where, where my cell phone? I don't know where my cell phone is. Praise God. You know, you know, you lay stuff down. God, God said this. This psalmist was saying, "I'll never lay down what you did for me. I'm gonna keep it with me forever. I will never be oblivious to what you did for me." No matter how good it gets in my life, I will not forget that I would not be here if it was not for you. No matter how good it gets, I will not not praise you. I will not not worship you. I will not not lift up my hands. I will not not dance in your house. I will not. I will not mislay what you did for me. Whether it's from want of memory or attention. Not your precepts. Them precepts are his mandates. God mandated for me to do something. God mandated for you to do something. See, at a time when you was confused and didn't know what to do, you don't need a suggestion. You need a mandate. You need somebody to come in with a strong word. This is what I need you to do. This is how I need you to conduct yourself. Don't leave me options. I don't know what to do. I need somebody to tell me what to do. I'm between a rock and a hard place. I'm in a fork and a road in my life. And before this fork stick, fork stick into me, I need to know what to do. But you gave me your precepts and they quickened me. That word quickened right there means to live. Whereas I felt a life draining out of me, but all of a sudden I felt it reviving on the inside of me. You ain't been there. You don't know what I'm talking about. Somebody, anybody know what I'm talking about? Praise God. Where you feel the life draining from you. Where you're weakening by the second. But God comes and gives you instructions. Give you a word. Why? Because he's trying to make you live. That's why it also translates, it kept you. Because that word God gave you kept you. You was about to do something that you should not do. But it kept you. You was under attack and couldn't do nothing to stop it, but it kept you. And it revived you. Put life back in you. Put, put hope back in you. Put faith back in you. It revived you. Because you know you was going to give up. You know you was going to walk away. You know you was going to go to the divorce court and pay. You know you was going to do all of that. But then God came with a word and revived you. He said, no, my child. It's not what I want you to do. That seems like it's the right thing to do, but it'll destroy you. That's why that word came and quickened you. That word quickened also means recovered you. Because you was in the snare. You was in the trap. You was falling. But God recovered you and restored you to life. He restored you to life. Stood you back on your feet. Stiffened your back and held up your head. All that's because of the instructions that he said. And I like this one. And saved you. Because God's word will save you. God's instructions will save you. God's telling you what to do when you're not supposed to do it is to save you. When you're doing something that you're not supposed to be doing, when God's trying to tell you to stop doing what you're doing, he's trying to save you. He ain't trying to keep anything from you. He's trying to keep you. He's trying to protect you. Because remember, he knows the end from the beginning. And he ain't never wrong. So if he say stop, you ought to stop. 
If he says do, you ought to do. Why? Because he's trying to save you. Message Bible, it renders stanzas 92 and 93 this way. It says, if your revelation, he's speaking to God. If your revelation hadn't delighted me so, I would have given up when the hard times came. But I'll never forget the advice you gave me. You saved my life with those wise words. You saved my life with those wise words. (laughs) I'm about to fall apart up here. You saved my life with those wise words. Might have sound crazy when he said it. But no, what was crazy is that he needed to say it. Because we was doing something we ought not do. Conducting ourselves in ways outside of what it is he said for me and you. So when God came and said that to us, he was saving us. He saved us with those wise words. See, God saved our lives with but a word of advice. That's all he did, which was a word of advice and saved our life. Nothing spectacular. No swooping down like he's Neo and snatching us up and pulling us out before, just before the, the crash occurred. None of that. Come on now. Just a simple word of advice. Stop. Pray. Be at church today. Keep her. Keep him. Shut up. A simple word of advice to do this or stop that saved our lives. Saved marriages, saved futures, saved sanity, saved our tail. Old, old saints in the church used to sing a song that said, If it had not been for the Lord on my side, tell me, where would I be? Where would I be? If you just stop and think, where would you be? If you had not followed the instructions of the Lord. I shudder to think where I would be. One place I wouldn't be is here. Wouldn't have Reverend Baby in my life. Probably wouldn't even know my children. Two of them. Third one would have never got here. I wouldn't even know them. Wouldn't even have known that one. I'd have been dead, cracked out and crazy, in some jail cell getting lazy. Where would I be? If it had not been for the Lord on my side. Tell me, where would I be? Where would I be? The Revised Standard Version reads it this way, stanza number 93. It says, I will never forget thy precepts, for by them thou hast given me life. I will never forget thy precepts, for by them thou hast given me life. See, that which God shares with us about what we should and should not do is the mechanism through which he gives us life. It's the mechanism through which he gives us life. Therefore, it's more than just something we ought to do or something we ought not to do. It is the determining factor of whether we will or will not have life. It's the toggle switch that decides what's going to happen for you. The Bible in base, 
English, it renders this stanza this way. It says, I will ever keep your orders in mind, for in them I have life. I will forever keep your orders in mind. I like that, orders. Because when God shares with us his orders, as, as his shoulders, we're supposed to obey his orders. Military in the house say, hey. In the military, the reason why you're taught to obey orders is because following orders keeps you alive. It's no time to question. I don't think it ought to be like that. You'll be accepting lead all upside your head, and you'll be laying there in your grave bed. Is anybody hearing me up in here? You learn to move when they say move. You learn to do what they tell you to do. Don't question it. Just do what he said do. And God is commander in chief of our army. And when God says move, we move. When God says do, we do. Why? Because you're going to have life if you do what he says do. But you're going to lose your wife if you don't do what he said do. You'll lose your life if you don't do what he said do. Is anybody hearing me up in here? So he's not merely giving us advice. But he's keeping us, giving us what's necessary to live and keep on living. The Amplified Version, it renders it this way. It says, I will never forget your precepts. How can I? For it is by them that you have quickened me and granted me life. How can I? I remember specific instructions that he gave me that gave me life. I can remember them verbatim because those are the words that gave me life. I remember specific things he said to me. I can't go after that and then act like I didn't remember that. I know what he said. I know what he told me to do. I know what he told me to stop. I know what he told me. I can't go back. I can't forget it. How can I? I got Holy Ghost living on the inside of me. And he brings back to my remembrance everything he said to me. Hallelujah. Plus that, I got a head with a memory in it. And I remember when as soon as you go to reach to do something or even think to do something, that word come back and say, no. I said, no. Don't do that. Even when you get all attitudinal and you want to do it, don't, don't, don't do it. I told you don't. And God's telling you that because he loves you. Why is he telling you that? Yes. Psalms number 119. We're almost through. Go to, drop down to stanza number 16, please. Stanza 16 says, I will delight myself in thy statues. I will not forget thy word. I will not. I will not. That means I make a decision not. I will not forget thy word. Why not? Drop down to stanza 24. It says, thy testimonies are my delight. And my counselors, my, my, my testimonies are my delight, and my counselors. See, when we delight ourselves in God's word, we won't forget what, he, what we should and should not do, but God's law will forever be with me and you. It's going to be there to be a counselor. That's talking about a person who counsels or advises, a person who counsels or advises, whereas God's giving you advice on what to do. He's giving you counsel of what to do. The premise of a counselor is that they know something you don't know or they'll help you put you back in remembrance of something that you do know. But you're questioning as to what you should do. Then you become assured of the fact that you're doing what you're supposed to do. The Bible in basic English, it renders stanza 24 this way. It says, your unchanging word is my delight and the guide of my footsteps. 
Your unchanging word. Ooh, I like that. God's word is unchanging. He don't give you this advice today and another advice tomorrow. He don't say this to you today and then say that to you tomorrow. God's word never changes. Since God's word is an unchanging word, then it can and should be used as a sure guide for our footsteps. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Well, God is the one that orders your steps. He's going to tell you which direction to go, especially when you don't know what to do or when you're going in the wrong direction. God's going to talk to you and he's going to share with you. Don't do that no more. Or do what you were supposed to be doing in the first place. But in either direction, his word is a good counsel. You can't find better counsel than the word of God. You can't find better advice than the word of God. Your little feelings is not a good uh, counselor. Because your feelings will keep everything comfortable for you. Your little feelings will keep you thinking that this is what you ought to do. But if you do what God says, do, then I'm telling you, good things will be able to work out good for you. God loves you. Blessed be the name of the Lord. It's a good, it's a good thing for you. God's word is a counsel to you. God's word will advise you. It'll tell you what to do. It'll tell you what steps to make and what ones not to do. And whenever one he tells you to do, that's good advice. You be wise to do what he says do. What I just say? Mm-hmm. Turn to one First Thessalonians chapter five. We're almost through. First Thessalonians chapter five. I gotta nail this before we through. First Thessalonians chapter five. This was Paul talking to a, a, a very good church. Many theologians believe was a perfect church, if there is such a thing. Praise God. He's giving them instructions of what he needs them to do and how to conduct themselves and keep working, doing it as well as they could do. That's first Thessalonians chapter five. See, as intimate sons, we ought to make every decision of what we should and should not do in life according to what God has shared with us of what he says should and should not be done. Starting with verse 21, it says, prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Now, when he says prove all things, that word prove, right, that means test. Test all things. Everything that you're thinking about doing, test it. Everything that it is that you're considering doing, test it. See, the test that we employ to, to everything is whether or not it passes our father's judgment of what is good or what is evil. If it passes our father's judgment, it passes the test. Go ahead and do it. If it don't pass the test of what God says do, don't do it. That's a wood nickel you got. That's a plug. That's a plug nickel you got. That's no good. Plug peso. Is anybody hearing me up in here? If it passes that test, okay, then it's okay. If not, then we say not, and we don't do it because that's not what God has to say. If God's words say cuss out your spouse, go ahead and cuss them out. If you work, if God's words say go ahead and cheat on your spouse, go ahead and cheat on them. Praise God. But if God's word don't say that, then you ought to keep your pants up, keep your vows up, and live out what God said do. Because if not, you about to destroy you. Does that make sense to anybody over here? You ought to test it. You ought to prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. The premise is hold fast to that which is good. And if it's good, hold on to it and don't let it go. 
The things that are proven to be good, we should hold fast to them. The things that are proven to be evil, we should abstain from them. Next verse, say abstain from all appearance of evil. That word abstain right there means to hold oneself off. That is refrain. Hold oneself off. You mean you can hold yourself off? Yeah, you can hold yourself off. Mm-hmm. Yes, you can. You can stop yourself anytime you want to. If you got enough inspiration. I hear people say sometimes, I just couldn't stop myself. I had to say something. What if a policeman had a gun in your face? Would you say it? Somehow you got the inspiration to hold yourself off. Which proves you cannot do it. Are you listening to me? The only question is, do you have the proper inspiration? Well, here's the inspiration. God's word said, abstain from all appearance of evil. Hold yourself off. Refrain. Not just from evil, but as appearance of evil. See, as intimate sons, we ought to avoid even the appearance of sin. Which means if it even look like sin, we ought to do it. That's what the word appearance means. The word appearance means a view. If it even got the view of sin. In other words, don't even allow yourself to be caught doing anything that looks like sin. Well, I ain't doing nothing. She's just my friend. Huh? No, God's your friend. Your spouse is your friend. And if your friend can't be her friend, it's time to end that friend. <clears throat> Hello? And I'm reversing it, lady. Y'all ain't manning like a mug right now. I'm coming to you too. If your friend, male friend, is not his male friend, then that friend got to come to an end. Because that ain't a friend. That's a foe. That's the devil in a blue dress or blue jeans, whichever. Anybody hear me up here? Hallelujah. That's the devil, praise God. Hallelujah. Well, you ought not be so jealous. You ought not be so silly. You ought to abstain from even the appearance of evil. And why are you so friendly all of a sudden anyway? No, all of a sudden you you the friend of the year. It's going to be everybody's friend. Except your spouse. Except God. Because you ain't God's friend when you walk around with some other little person. Out of order. Y'all don't want to work with me up in here. Praise God. I'm telling it. Praise God. In fact, Holy Ghost telling it. That's what we're really telling. Hallelujah. Well, they was my friend before she got there. They was for my friend before he got there. Well, that's before they got there, but now they're there. Stuff's supposed to change. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Y'all ain't man in that. That little friend you had was your little friend before God got there. But now God did. That ain't your friend no more. Because friends wouldn't ask friends to do stuff like that. As intimate sons, we ought to avoid even the appearance of sin. In other words, don't even allow yourself to be caught doing anything that looks like sin. Well, that's all that we have time for today. I hope that you were blessed by what the Word of God had to say. I hope you've seen that it's true, that God really does want to have an intimate relationship with me and you. 
I hope even more that you're being inspired to do what you need to do to take advantage of the pathways of increased intimacy with God that the Bible shares with us that are there for me and you so that we can walk through into the awesome things that are awaiting me and you. Things that can only happen when we're in a more intimate relationship with God that's available to me and you. If you want to hear the message in its entirety, just contact the church office at area code 210-785-9238. That's area code 210-785-9238. Or write us at Word of Faith Christian Center, 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, 78213. We'd be more than glad to send it out your way right away. But it's always best when you can get it live. So if you're in or visiting San Antonio or surrounding areas, come on by and see us. We're located at 1928 Bassey Road in San Antonio, Texas, between West and Blanco. Service times are Wednesdays at noon, Thursday evenings at 6.45, Saturday afternoons at 4.30, and Sunday mornings at 8 and 11. If you don't have transportation or you're in need of a ride, we'll come and get you. We have a VIP transportation service that's available for every service. We'll pick you up, bring you to the church, and then drop you off at home after it's over. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. You'll be blessed when you do, and we will too. We also invite all the young adults in San Antonio and surrounding areas to come out to our Young Adult Fellowship this Friday evening. It's called GAA. That's short for Generation Anointing and a Fire. GAA is a young adult ministry with a different flavor for a different generation. It's a ministry for young adults ages 18 through 30-ish who come together to celebrate the awesomeness of being young, brilliant, beautiful, born again, and fired up for Christ. The fellowship starts at 7 p.m. and it lasts until they go home. Hey, G-Dub be hanging. Child care is provided at no charge. And VIP transportation service is available for this too. Just call the church office and arrange a ride. We'll be glad to come and get you. So come on through. You'll be so glad you did. It's just good to find some other young saints in San Antonio who are also walking this thing out God's way. Whoever thought that being young and saved is boring must not know G-Dove. Don't forget to tune into our broadcast tomorrow for more of this life-changing word we have in store for you. Call a neighbor, call a friend, tell them to tune in. But when you do, know that we're going to ask the same question of you. That is, are you ready for the word? Y'all stay blessed. See you tomorrow.